You're listening to the She's Unshakable podcast. I'm your host, Fleur Lonsdale. And if you're looking to create incredible courage, resilience, and unshakable belief in yourself, then this podcast is for you. Each episode, I'll be interviewing incredible adventurers, athletes, and entrepreneurs to dig deep into the strategies and tools they use to create unwavering courage and belief so that you can learn how to never give up on your goals and achieve the life of your dreams. Welcome to today's episode with Claire Pearson and myself, where we talk about her entire story, which is next level, exciting and amazing, but also the journey that she's been on from learning self-love, self-acceptance, which we talked about in last week's episode, and also the awareness that we need to have in order to reach our goals. We talk about what stops most women not achieving or not going for the things that they want to go for, um, essentially self-sabotage and things that stop them in their path of um, going to where they want to go. And so it's we had like such a fun conversation. It really was awesome and I'm so excited to share it with you. It really, really was an amazing insight into her journey um, and the realizations that she had along the way of where she was holding herself back, where she wasn't succeeding, where she wanted to go and, and how she broke through that and how she's got to where she is now. So enjoy, have fun and take some notes. Welcome, Claire. I'm so excited to have you with us on the podcast today. Um, so, I mean, all the way, all the way from Colorado, all the way from the snow and the mountains. I'd love for you, before we get into your story and sharing a little bit more about you, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your morning routine, how you set yourself up strong in the morning? Uh, morning routine is incredibly important, as you know, and it does set you up for having the kind of day that, that you need to have control of your life and your thoughts and so for me I make my bed every day and I was a very very messy teenager with, you know, <laughs> everywhere and dishes everywhere and I, I never made my bed so I, I think along the lines I realized that that was the way that I was going to start strong and there's a lot of days I still don't really want to but I find that if I do that it just gives me that one layer of discipline um, after I make my bed I meditate, I listen to an inspirational podcast or YouTube video, I spend a couple minutes of journaling, I drink a few cups of coffee, a few, three maybe, Whoa. <laughs> and then I get going with my day. Um, you know, sometimes I have the luxury of maybe an hour in the morning to go through that set of routine, and sometimes it's five minutes, but I encourage all of my clients, even if they only have five minutes, to at least spend one minute doing each of those things to set themselves up to live the kind of day that they want, because mm -hmm. if, if you don't, then you very unintentionally live. Yeah, 100%, and um, it's so interesting that you, you talk about the making the bed. There's a, a video, isn't there, from one of the a military guy who talks about that's the first thing that you should do in the morning of starting off your day and I think I actually grew up um within the military like as a cadet and then working for the military and that was the one thing that you always did and had to make perfect before you even start your day and I've just always been in that habit my partner will often just leave the bed and I'm like how you? How can you deal with that? Like, I don't know how you deal with it. Like, it just being a mess. I'm like, it's messy. Like, it's hurting my brain. <laughs> I'm not 
do this. Like, I can't, I literally can't start my day if the bed isn't made. It's so interesting. Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of research about the development of habits and how, you know, a lot of times when we're attempting to change habit, we take on way too much at a time and set ourselves up to fail. And that it really is the development of very, very small habits, small new behaviors that you can consistently execute every day that are mm-hmm. going to help you to have the skill to develop bigger habits. And so, you know, making a bed is something that practically everybody can do. There, there's literally no excuse to not do it. Yeah. And, and it's a good start to teach yourself how to just take on a new endeavor yeah oh 100% it's so easy right so easy it's so easy so essential yeah. so quick unless you're in the military <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you've got like eight different layers oh, all good um cool so I mean tell us a little bit more about your background obviously we we chatted a little bit before and I was like whoa this is epic it's so awesome but tell us a little bit more about obviously where you've come from um and how you've got to where you are now with your business and stuff so I think the, the, well, gosh, it's a very big question. <laughs> I, <laughs> Take it wherever I, you want to go. The very best place to start is, um, I, I think a lot of things happened for me as a, a teenager, um, because I was born into a commune and I, I had many, many parents and I didn't really have a very good attachment to my parents and, um, when I when I got into my teenage years, I think I was just looking for a place to fit in. I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere, um, and I didn't feel very connected to anybody. Although I had a lot of friends, I felt really alone on the inside. And I didn't notice at the time, but looking back on that, my behaviors really reflected that in just mass amounts of drinking and drugs and promiscuous behavior and really, really poor choices across the board. Um, I went on an exchange program in high school and lived in Indonesia for a year. I actually got kicked out of Indonesia. My host family said, we don't want her anymore. She has to go home. And uh, the consulate had to take me to the airport because without a student visa, you can't stay. So I got kicked off. How old were you? I was 16. Oh, yeah. And I was... um, going to all the clubs in Indonesia and dating an Indonesian rapper instead of going to school. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's so, 16. Wow. So I, I came home from that and my mom was gone. And my parents had gotten divorced while I oh, was no. abroad and didn't want to tell me oh. um, until I had gotten home. So she had moved to Hawaii and I didn't see her again until high school graduation. She pretty much said, I'm done being a parent. You're not listening anyway. So wow. yeah, see you later. Um, and then my dad left as soon as I graduated from high school and he moved to Thailand. So when I started college as a, an 18-year-old, there was no home to go back to. There was no laundry on the weekend or, you know, go, go home for the holidays it was, there was no plan B. Mm. I was plan A and I had no plan B. And I think that just led even more to like these giant attachment issues and feeling really lost and really lonely. Um, so long story short, I met this guy when I was 20, he was 32 and 
he was sort of like my, my rock, my savior, my, my daddy issue (laughs) representation. (laughs) And, um, we got married. We had two kids. He was an alcoholic. He was emotionally abusive. Um, I, I felt squashed in every way. I felt like I wasn't good enough. Um, nothing I could do really like made him happy or was right. And I, I ate my feelings away like like giant soup bowls of ice cream every night and cookie trays of nachos and you know we would just drink and then have a whole pizza as hangover food and then drink again and then fight and then drink um and uh after my daughter was born 10 years ago I I I just I found myself in like a little McMansion in the suburbs like just Stepford wives, everyone looks the same, 2.5 kids and a dog kind of life. Yeah. It, it, living inside of this life that was anything but that. And I woke up and was like, I, I, I need something for me. I have got to, to feel accomplished at something. Mm-hmm. I am going to get fit. And, and I was like a size 12, 170 pounds. Um, and I lost 40 pounds in four months. I went from a size 12 to a size zero in four months. And I was convinced at that time, I was like, I changed my life. I'm amazing. I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so sexy. I'm so confident. I've totally got this. I'm, I'm just like, look at me go. Right. Um, and then I got really hurt in a, a motocross race and I had to have surgery. I had um, ACL surgery. And then I had another surgery and another surgery. I just kept getting hurt and I had, massive orthopedic surgeries one after the other for years and years and years and somewhere in all of those surgeries I just gave up the like look at me go I'm so amazing like my whole all of my confidence Mm -hmm. and all of my identity had been based around being fit and being strong like Mm -hmm. that was my way of being good enough because I had never felt it yeah and it all was taken from me. I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't train. Um, and then I got really addicted to pain meds because it numbed everything. And, and I was there feeling like shit about myself again, Mm -hmm. but just watching everything I had worked so hard for fall away and realizing my life was still exactly the same. I was still stuck in this awful marriage. I still felt terrible about myself. I didn't love myself. I didn't have any confidence. And all of the muscle I had gained and the sexiness and the skinniness and whatever hadn't actually fixed mm. anything. I thought it did. Mm. But, but once it was gone, I was like, oh, shit. I'm still, I'm still me. Mm-hmm. And um, so there was one night, one of my surgeries... I woke up at like three in the morning in a ton of pain a couple days out from a rotator cuff repair. And and I was just crying and crying and crying. And I said, this cannot be my life. Mm-hmm. Like, like, this is not it. I, I'm, I'm not going to sit in this and take meds and watch TV and eat and numb myself and, and be one of those women who wake up when they're 60 and go, what the heck happened to my life? You know, who am I? And um, I I realized because my body 
couldn't get me there. You know, I was totally incapacitated out, couldn't work out, like could barely move. I, I realized because my body couldn't get me there, that my mind was the only thing that was going to get me there. Mm. And that was when I just started digging in deep into every motivational strategy and personal development course. And like, I think I've watched more Ted talks than anybody (laughs) else on the planet because I was stuck in bed and couldn't do anything else anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you know, I just dug into so much research about your brain and how it works and how it's really your, your thoughts and your feelings that are creating your beliefs. And that's the stuff that's holding you back from taking the action that's going to get you a different outcome. Mm-hmm. And, and once I really understood all of that and started putting the, those techniques into practice, that was when I was able to finally start having a real authentic confidence and, and real love for myself mm-hmm. that didn't have anything to do with you know, whether I was a size or a shape. Mm-hmm. And, and it was what allowed me to be able to get fit again. Because I was, I was in this place where I, I just didn't care. I had no belief anymore. I was like, I've been hurt so many times. I'm down so much. Why bother? Maybe this just isn't for me. Maybe yeah. this life isn't for me. And, um, you know, uh, learning the personal development strategies that I did is, is what allowed me to, to get past that. And, you know, that's why I'm here now. And it, had I not learned that, I'm not really sure what would have happened next for me. I was in a, a really dark place. I love that story so much and it just I like you see this all the time and in your business as well you'd see this all the time right coaching is the one thing that I especially and a lot of this I don't know whether it's the the fitness feeling good about yourself and looking good about yourself that just attracts that kind of person but I see so many women who are like training super hard, like nutritionally, like super, super strict, like, but they have so little self-worth. They have like zero self-love. If they actually want to do something out of that, they, they can't do it, but they've, they've put the fitness and the nutrition in such habit formation that even if they fall off track of that, and you're right, normally it's an injury, um, or potentially a relationship that comes in or that or that breaks that is like it's like this catalyst of craziness where they're like oh my gosh like what am I doing I can't even do this I can't even do this I can't even do this and I'm like you're just you're almost like hiding hi, like hiding the development you need to do by going to the gym and eating or not yeah, eating I think that's really interesting and there's kind of there's two different camps of, of people that I see in the fitness world. There, there's one group of people that are absolutely addicted to working out mm. because of the, the dopamine and the endorphin release and exactly what you said, where they get to hide from what's really going on by just hammering in the gym. And that's where I was. And that's probably why I had so many injuries and so many surgeries because I was a mess emotionally. And instead of dealing with it, I just hammered workouts. I mean, I trained hard. And then there's this other group of people who can't get out of their own way to be consistent 
in working out or in exercising. And they're like, man, I would love to be addicted to working out. And and neither camp is a healthy place to yep. be. And neither camp has mastered the actual skill of, of coming at body transformation from what I call a pull instead of a push. Yep. So w- when you are... Um, hating yourself, running from something, just go to the gym, just don't deal with your feelings. Or when you are um, feeling like weight loss is a total, it's hard, it's a sacrifice, it takes so much time, I just can't get it together, but I have to because, ugh, look at these rolls, and I hate the way I look in a bathing suit. Uh, You know, when you come at it from either approach, there's this huge feeling of push, of I have to, I hate myself, so I have to. Yep. When you approach any action from that that feeling of push, you can only maintain that for a finite amount of time. Maybe it's a month, maybe it's a year, maybe you can even do this for a couple of years, but at some point, everything unravels within that behavior because you haven't learned how to come at it from a pull from a, a place of excitement, yeah. enjoyment, a, like love for the process without an outcome, love for yourself without the need. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And it makes sense in life as well. Like, you know, it's not it's not just fitness. It's a really easy example to use, but it's the same with anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it very much is. And you and you, you it's so obvious when you when you know it, how easy it is to see it, too. And, and feel it too, right? Like you, like, you know, you could be like the perfect person, but you're still going to have times where that difference between the push and pull happens anyway, where you feel like you're going to have to do something even though you don't want to do it. And then actually it's all mindset. It is. It's all mindset. It absolutely is. And, you know, where I start with my clients inside of our program and where I recommend everybody start is with creating that level of awareness. You, you absolutely cannot make change without awareness of what's happening right now and why it's happening Mm. and attempting to go to step B of, of actionable concrete methods to change without having an awareness of your behaviors and where they came from and why you are executing those same behaviors over and over is just setting you up for failure. So it's, it's creating the awareness of, you know, why am I coming at it this way? What, yeah. what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What am I believing? And that, once you have awareness, allows you to take a different course of action. Yeah. Awareness is um, is a thing, basically. <laughs> I was actually listening to a podcast the other day with, um, oh, what's her name? The the lady who, who wrote The Secret, Rhonda Byrne. Oh, yeah. And uh, she's written a new book, and it's all about awareness. It's literally the whole thing's about awareness. And I was like, oh, oh cool. <laughs> just like, I'll have like, to check that out. Yeah. I, I mean, it's paramount. It, and, and it's not a, um, a, a finish line. It's not a destination. You don't get to check it off your to-do list and say, yeah. okay, now I have awareness. <laughs> yeah. Done. It is, it is so a continual true. process day in and day out. Um, because as soon as you stop being mindful of the need for awareness – your awareness goes away. It is very easy inside of the brain to flip the switch and go back onto autopilot where your subconscious mind is running the show. So it's a continual effort, just like making your bed every day is a continual effort to to show up that way. Yeah, until 
And she used these words until it becomes such a habit that you don't even realize that you're doing it. Yes. Right? Like when you make the bed without thinking about it and you're like, oh, I just made the bed. And when she was like, you wake up and you, you don't have to then say, I'm aware this morning or whatever mantra she used, I can't remember, um, that you just wake up and you're just aware. You just you just have awareness and it's just there. And then you like then you can realise that you're like, well, like, yeah, obviously it's not ticking in a box. You're always going to have to work on it. But when your habits actually become so ingrained that you don't have to work hard to do them, it just naturally happens. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I think what, what a lot of women are, are missing with being able to cultivate awareness, what I see with my clients and the women I speak to daily is that especially in this culture, we are in a go, 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 check it off the list. Um, and, and we're not really cultivating, um, like inspired action for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're not really enjoying what we're doing. We just have this sense of duty and obligation and a lot of guilt if we don't get things done. And when you're moving that fast through every day, there is no opportunity for awareness. When, I mean, subconscious mind takes over at that point when you're just autopilot doing the same thing from yesterday, moving the to-do list from yesterday to today because you didn't get it done yesterday. And I think, or a lot of people need to start is in the process of simply slowing down. And a lot of my clients, you know, will, will have to adapt something as simple as turn off the music when you're in your car and just sit there and be with yourself. And you would be surprised how many women are terrified to just, you know, just see what happens if you're yeah. just there by yourself without, without a thing to accomplish. And, and, but that's how you cultivate awareness. You have to be okay to, to sit with yourself and go to those places. And I don't know if I did a podcast on this last week, actually, but actually listening to like bad, whatever we think are bad or negative thoughts are just thoughts. And when we can actually accept them, as thoughts and be totally cool with them that they're there rather than trying to shove them to the side that's when they can actually release because we've given them that time and that thought to actually go you know what you're okay um I get that you're here and that's cool but I probably don't need you in my life anymore and actually accepting and seeing that they're there rather than trying to just shove them away and pretend that they're not there Right. And, and so to be able to do that, you have to learn how to be okay not being okay. Yeah. You know, you have to, yeah. you have to learn how to be able to sit in the things that don't feel good yeah. without judging yourself for it, without, uh, I call it emotionalizing. So, you know, you feel something bad, you think something bad, you've done something quote unquote bad. Let's say you've made a bad food choice or something. Yeah. And instead of simply allowing it and saying, okay, it's there, as you just said, these women emotionalize the feeling and the choice. They make it mean so much about them or their life or their worth. And by doing that, it magnifies it. And once they feel more of it, they shut down their capability to take action even more and they disempower themselves even more. And, and it's cyclical. It's chicken or the egg, right? And it's a downward spiral that is very difficult to come out of Mm. if you don't step back and learn to just be okay not being okay without judging yourself for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, I mean, I'm guessing that you got into fitness because and, and your coaching and stuff because of your journey. Is that what took you there? Yeah, so I started personal training 
right after I got fit. So I've been a trainer for okay. a decade now. Yeah. I would say the first five years of my training was, was very much, I trained people the way I trained. I just, let's hammer it out. It was all about external and, you know, making change and how much can you lift and how fast can you go? You know, like it, I, I, I had no understanding that there was anything else there. <laughs> the more I ended up experiencing those things inside my own body, you know, I, I think all of those surgeries were such a blessing now mm-hmm. because they gave me the ability to, to see these things in a different light. And what I saw inside of my personal training career was that there's 23 other hours in the day. And it didn't matter that I was giving people one fabulous hour of exercise. They still weren't making the physical changes that they wanted and so I said, okay, what is it? Obviously, it's nutrition. Let mm-hmm. me start writing really amazing nutrition plans. So I dove deep into learning appropriate nutrition strategies. So I'd write people great nutrition plans, write them fabulous exercise programming, and they still wouldn't make any changes. And, and they'd still just be going, oh, I have all the tools. I don't know why I'm not doing what I need to do. And that was when I went oh, I know, because I've actually been through this same thing in my own experience of we need to learn what's going on in your head and you need to learn the strategies to change what's going on in your head. And then, um, you know, it just kind of expanded from there. I opened a studio in in Colorado um, and then it was still very external. And then I, I closed that to move into online coaching where I could dive into these topics that I think are just paramount to actually making sustainable change and and I think that's where the the fitness industry is really failing people as a whole we keep giving women external solutions to an internal problem Problem. you know we say do these 10 thigh exercises for better (laughs) summer legs okay but but we don't address why Susie Q in Texas is never going to actually do those 10 thigh exercises long enough to see those better summer legs, you know? And, and, and so, and nobody's telling anybody that. So they all feel like it's their own fault. Oh, I couldn't follow this really restrictive plan or I couldn't do those 10 exercises. I feel so bad about myself because I couldn't do that. And, and no one's talking about, well, there's a reason for that. And there's ways to move past that. So you actually can follow the plan and that has to come first to to make transformation happen yeah and it's funny really because people don't they don't search out that growth because most well from from experience people will go right I need to get fit I need to lose weight I'm going to do that rather than going why do I want to lose weight why do I want to get fit and what's it going to mean for me and actually look like looking at the different side of things like I and I I think you know what I don't think that's um that's internally us I think a lot of that is is media is social media is what we're told to believe is the the right thing to do or the right way to look or you know like things (laughs) I don't know what I heard the other day someone said to me hey did you guys know that the new thing is about having a a center parting and I was like (laughs) what do you mean? <laughs> and they're like, oh, apparently if you have a side parting, it's like totally out of fashion now. I was like, are you serious? I was like, is that actually a thing? I was like, so are you telling me because you think I'm now going to change my hair? I was like, no. <laughs> but this is what a 
lot of women do with fitness is that, yes, we are inundated with messages that it should be easy, that it is quick, that all we need is the right strategy of nutrition and it will come off like this. And, and it's not just with fitness. Our, our Western society is very, very results oriented, mm. quick fix. I yeah. want it now, immediate gratification yeah. across the board. Yeah. So it's no surprise that women lean on and are willing to continue purchasing strategies that promise something yeah. really, really quick. Like we do need to give people the the responsibility that they do have in this where like they keep buying those mm-hmm. $29 programs that they click on Facebook at 1130 at night and they're never <laughs> going to download the PDF. Yeah. They're never going to open it. And, but we're so conditioned to, oh, that's the quick fix. That's what I need. And if you do that long enough you really set yourself up to feel terrible when of course you can't follow it because you haven't changed anything about who you are. You don't just wake up different. You learn the skills to become different. And I think that it, the reason people don't do that is because it's not quick and it's not easy. And so, you know, that... Oh, you're talking my language, girl. <laughs> I, um, I literally talked talk about this you know in business all the time because there's so many people who are like right I'm going to do it in like a couple of months I'm going to make this much money I'm like don't set that expectation on yourself because you're you're unlike unless you're a rock star you're unlikely not to reach that you've got to have the long-term vision and it's the same with everything it's it's just you know I was talking about this to, to my girls this morning I was like it's the same with investing you, you like you've got this whole crypt, this crypto world at the moment. I don't know why I'm doing this, but you've got the whole crypto world, and you know some people are like, oh, I'm gonna make this much money in like six months, and I'm like, you're probably not. But if you look at it as a as a long term thing, and even in stocks and shares, say whatever investing you're into, the long term is where you're gonna win. It's the short-term people that fail. It's the short-term people that lose out, that miss out. It's the same with business. It's the same with entrepreneurship. It's the same with your body. It's the same with your mindset. If you say to yourself, oh, I'm going to work on my mindset for the next three months and I'm going to become a powerhouse, it's like, that's probably not going to happen. But if you say to yourself, you know, for the next five years, I'm going to really solidly set some habits in. I'm going to take it slow and take it easy and work on myself you're probably going to end up in five, ten years' time as a whole different person than you are now. Yeah. But, but you know, look, the fitness industry has not and, and will not ever sell, this is hard, it takes a long time. Because nobody <laughs> does marketing. this is hard, it takes a long time. Yeah. And, and so, you know, do I have an uphill battle in my business to um, bring this message out there and, and bring on thousands and thousands and thousands of clients and change their mindsets? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. people don't want what actually takes time and effort. Mm-hmm. But, but the people who are ready to hear that and understand that that's really the only way to permanent change are the people who are tired of Ooh, failing, best. starting again, failing, starting again. They're, like the, they're tired of the yo-yo. They just want to learn how to be different. And, and as you said, you know, in business, in anything, you, you play the long game. And the only way to do that is to be okay with failing, to be okay over and over and over failing, right? Mm-hmm. 
whether it's with fitness or making a wrong business decision, you're going to mess up. It's not going to go well. You're going to have days where you don't want to keep going. And in my experience, if you have not cultivated some pretty wicked um, enjoyment of the process without attachment to the outcome, yeah. failing is real hard to get up from. Yeah. You have to love what you're doing outside of outcome. Yeah. And it's the same with fitness. And so when you come at it from like, oh, I hate this. I hate eating this food. I hate working out. But I just want to lose that 20 pounds. I just want to like suck it up and hold my breath and, and do the work. As soon as you fail, as soon as you have one day off, you're like, that's it. I'm done. Because you haven't yeah. attached enough to the process. You're mm-hmm. all outcome oriented. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Gotcha. Love it. Um, so tell me, apart from obviously what we spoke about before, is there any time that you've been through something that you've essentially failed in or something that you feel as though you failed in and then you've come through the other side? Obviously, we're going. Oh, I think I fail all the time. Uh, I, I make a lot of mistakes. Um, I mean, I, I think probably one of my best failures was um, – I uh, applied for American Ninja Warrior on a whim. I I just said, you know, why not? I had no idea that (laughs) 70,000 people apply every year and 700 get in. I was just like, sure, why not? Um, So I got on the first year that I applied. (laughs) And I I had never trained before. I was just strong. You know, I was athletic. I was working out a lot back then. Um, This was in 2017. And, um, I, I trained for like a month before the show, went down to Denver where they were filming it that year. I'd never even seen a course like that before. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's so big. It's huge (laughs) in person. Um, but I had like some pretty wicked confidence in myself. I was like, I know I can do this. I I really, really have got this. And, um, I, I went out to do my run. And I dislocated my shoulder on oh, the no. fourth step. So literally four oh, wow. steps into my run, I dislocated my shoulder. Um, if you're familiar with the course, you have to go from the steps to a rope. So I got oh, from the steps goodness. to the rope. It was not pretty in any way. It took forever. I was in a lot of pain. I got to the platform. I put my shoulder back in. Oh. So I like relocated it. Um, I went to... Had you done that before? Had you dislocated your shoulder before? I had not, but I had had already had three really massive shoulder surgeries. So, you know, and I wasn't cognizant of my shoulder. I was actually wearing an ACL brace because I had just rehabbed from an ACL (laughs) repair. And it was so funny. The cameras kept, like, panning to my ACL and then to my face. (laughs) Meanwhile, my shoulder is in serious, serious Oh, my goodness. Um, So I reached up for the second obstacle, which was like rings really high up, and you had to jump off of a springboard to get up to the ring. And I put my arm up to to start the movement, and I was like, something is really wrong here. But I just was, you know, adrenaline, I got to go, I'm going to do this. And I jumped up, and I grabbed the ring. And my arm dislocated from the socket so painfully and, and so forcefully that um, my labrum tore and pretty much all the, oh the stuff goodness. that holds your arm onto your oh, body. Oh, no. So I fell into the water. 
I, the medics had to come oh. and hook me under my armpits to get me out because I couldn't put my hands on the platform to get out. I'm crying. The camera's on me. And all I'm saying is it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. Because like, I knew that I could do that. And yeah. it was such a weird fluke of like, who knows even what happened. Um, so I had shoulder surgery again after that. Like immediately following, they took me to the emergency room, relocated my shoulder, and then we had surgery to put all the stuff back together that was torn. Um, I was, I, I was pretty devastated after that. Mm-hmm. But what was really devastating was when um, the producer called me and they said, "We're not going to put your run on TV." And I said, "What do you mean? Like, I, I, I got really hurt. That's going to make for a great television. Like, <laughs> how are you not going to put that on?" And and they said we don't want to represent our brand like that. We, we don't want, you know, it's a family show. It's a kid show. We don't want people to, to see. Like I got really, really hurt out there. Think about it. Have you ever seen yeah. anyone on the show get super hurt yeah. more than like a little cut or banged up? True. No, but it happens. It happens. So, um, wow. after that, I, I was, it just felt like, gosh, I went through a significant surgery and significant downtime for nothing. Yeah. Like, for nothing. That, that sucks so bad. And then um, I just felt like I really, really failed. I felt like it was going to catapult my my business, mm. my career at the gym, um, my, my career mm. as a trainer. I, 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 I could already see, like, running up the wall, being one of the only handful of women that have gotten to the backside of the course. I knew I could do it, and I didn't get the chance to do it. And I just felt like... Like, that was it. There was no point even to it because they didn't put it on TV. Yeah. Um, and then I applied the next year, and I got on <laughs> the next year, <laughs> and I went to. Um, they do like a whole bunch of B roll and interviews before before you run the course, and I'm sitting <laughs> down with the producer to interview, and they're like, "Why? <laughs> this again? <laughs> right? Like." Um, and, and, you know, it was sort of like me wanting to, um, prove to myself that I could and, and get past that fear because it was really, really scary. Getting mm-hmm. hurt that many times is, um, it's mm-hmm. scary. Like you just, you're like, am I going to fall apart? I don't know. I don't know yeah. what's going to happen next. And, um, I, you know, I just wanted to, to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. And you did it. Well, I, yeah, I got on the show, um, and it was on TV for a minute, but no, I, I did not do well, and I will tell you why I did not do well. I, so it was a year apart between those shows. Yeah. Probably for, like, three or four months I was rehabbing my I was going to say. So I had, like, six months to, to really train hard. <laughs> I, I trained as hard as I could during those six months. Physically, I was totally, totally ready. Yeah. Mentally. I was not ready. Yeah. My brain, and this is how powerful your brain is. I've watched this footage over and over of where I fell in the water. And where I fell in the water, I, I was going from one swinging bar to, and I needed to catch the next swinging bar. Mm-hmm. And I have paused it where I was supposed to catch the bar. I tapped the bar, meaning my hands made contact. And instead of wrapping my hands around the bar, gripping it and holding on, I tapped it and went in the water. And I know 100% the reason for that is that my brain was like, absolutely not. What are you doing here? All wrapped up in fear. Mm. 
Yeah. All wrapped up in failure, all wrapped up in the memory of, of what had happened before. Yeah. And that memory in that moment absolutely had control of my body mm. and therefore had control of the outcome in that moment. And that's the same thing that women need to realize about, you know, trying to lose weight, trying to change the, the way that they look and the way that they feel is those memories from mm-hmm. yesterday are keeping them stuck in that fear, keeping the, the pictures active in their head of what didn't work mm-hmm. last time and how they didn't feel good last time. And then it affects their actions and their outcomes. And it happens so quick. Yeah, they don't, don't notice what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Same in life, same, yeah, same everywhere, hey. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And you can just, I mean, I've um, I've just fractured my ankle. And, like, when it happened, I, I like, literally, because I was running, and when it happened, like, everything in my head was just like, oh, my God, I'd literally, like, a month before decided I wanted to do a half Iron Man. And it was just like, I'm screwed. Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> and then I was like, and then my, my partner, Josh, was with me, who's like, stop thinking about the future. <laughs> Get present. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. Your injuries can be so devastating for people. And I've worked with so many women who have come to me and said, I have XYZ injury, so I can't work out. And, and people have a very black and white mm-hmm. idea of what, what their capabilities are. And they don't realize all of the things that they still can do. But I think the hardest part for injuries, at least for me, was was like we said, that attachment to the identity of, you know, being strong, being an athlete. And that's where I, at that time, got my confidence from. And injury really takes that away from somebody yeah. very quickly if they haven't developed something underneath that to give them worth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's that same with the same with identity with anything like when someone loses their job and their jobs, their identity and they don't have anything to hold on to. Right. And they're just like, well, what's the worth of my life? And I'm like, are you serious? It's just a job, but people do it. You see it all the time, all the time. All right. Lovely. Um, I know we haven't got a huge amount of time left, so I want to ask you, um, what's the scariest thing you've ever done? Let's ask you that. Um, leaving my husband. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, I spent, I spent four years thinking about it, researching it, fantasizing, wondering if it was really that bad, if it was going to really be different anywhere else. I, I would go, um, sit in houses that were like on the market for sale and apartments and just sit there and like pretend I was single and try to see how it felt. Like if that were my house, I was terrified. I'd never been on my own. Mm. I'd never made my own money. I I had no idea how to just be by myself, let alone how to take care of myself. And it it took me four years pretty stuck in it to just pull the bandaid off and say, it's got to happen. And and that would not have happened if I hadn't developed the mental skills that I had already developed mm. I hadn't worked to develop the confidence and the self-love I, I would never have believed that anything else was available to me yeah amazing amazing uh, have you read the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle no I will um yeah write it down you'll love it just from your story I'm like you could almost write a book <laughs> but you'll love it 
I am writing a book, actually. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're in the process. I, I, I really want to, to bring this message of a, like inside out fitness to to everybody because there, there's no point in buying a Jillian Michaels DVD or a Beachbody program if if you haven't figured out this stuff you're you're wasting your time you're wasting your money and you're gonna end off worse off emotionally when it all falls apart in a month and you, you know you can't keep doing it so yeah. Uh, yeah that's what the book's gonna be about awesome sounds great can't wait to read it um okay give us a last little question what's the best bit of advice that you can give to our listeners today about anything at all? Anything at all. Ah, the best advice about anything at all. Um, quite honestly, you you have to wake up happy, and you have to you have to be happy every day, and and you owe it to yourself to figure out how to get happy. And that doesn't mean that your circumstances have to be amazing. It means that you have to learn how even in the worst of circumstances to find the gratitude and find the joy and find the excitement and the the inspiration and the passion for what it is that you want. Because if you are are ruled by your circumstances, if you if you can't rise above that and, and always be joyful and present, it, it's very, very difficult to ever make anything different happen in your life. So it's happy at all costs, man. If you don't like what you're doing, do something different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so good. Happiness number one. Another book, <laughs> Happiness Advantage. Great book. If you haven't read that one, <laughs> listeners, if you guys haven't, I should really um, write a blog with all of my favorite books, but that's a great, great book. Happiness Advantage. Yeah. You know, even with with my work, I love my job. I love what I do, but of course, like anything, there there's hours in the day that just you're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to. When you start to feel that feeling, when when things don't feel like they're flowing anymore, and you're just like, just feel like you're going through the motions, you just stop, and and you go, you, you sit and you focus on you know what makes you happy: rainbows, cotton candy, puppies. You you <laughs> take control of your thoughts. To, to put something good back in there because mm-hmm. it controls the way you feel. Yeah. And, and, and you get to make that shift in any moment regardless of what is happening around you. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much. I resonated with so much of what you said and I love that I get to attract these people into my life. I'm like, yes, this is everything I'm about. I love it. So good. Um, super fun. Thank you so much for jumping on with me. I know you've got a super busy day, so... Thanks for making the time to be here. Yeah, awesome. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and head on over to iTunes or your favorite podcast listener and give us a five star review. I can't wait to hear what you took from it and how you're going to implement all the knowledge that you've learned today.